Hello and welcome to a brand new series of the Blue Earth Summit podcast. I'm Laura Nesbitt, your host for this series, and I'm a competitive pool swimmer turned endurance and ice swimmer turned coach. But most of all, I just love spending any free time outdoors having adventures with friends and like-minded people, which is pretty much what this podcast and the Blue Earth Summit is all about. What better way than to start 2022's podcast by coming to my local coombe in Somerset to listen to the Dawn Chorus. It's about 5.30am in the morning and you'll be able to hear the birds around me creating the most beautiful soundscape. March, April and May are my favourite months of the year for this very reason. The mornings are lighter, the evenings are lighter, you can smell garlic when you go on your local walks. And with spring being all about new beginnings, it feels like the perfect time to tell you about the rebirth of the Blue Earth Summit. After a great year in 2021, we're back in October 2022 with a new and longer second edition. We packed so much into one day last year that we need to let the space breathe, decompress and harmonise for 2022. So what's in store? Well, there's a brand new lineup of inspiring speakers that we'll reveal throughout this series and I'll be sitting down to chat to many of them in each of these episodes, which I'm really excited about. So in this first episode, we thought what better way to start than to sit down with the founders of Blue Earth Summit, brothers Will and Guy Haler and Lindley Lewis, and I'm going to hand you over to our very own Steph Pomfrey, where they talk business, surfing, travel, and why the outdoors is so important. So gentlemen, we're sat here in Cornwall. What is it about this place? Well, we're sitting here looking out of a window with, with glorious sunshine and some quite nice waves. And I think that's probably one of the bit that has definitely inspired us in a lot of the things that we've done is that sort of connection to the ocean, connection to the outdoors um, that has created quite a positive outlook in what we want to do and what we want to achieve. And Cornwall in general? Yeah, I think we've all, we've all lived and worked in Cornwall at some stage. We've all worked at the same beach on Harlem Bay, just outside Padstow, teaching surfing. I think we all touched by how much of a positive impact you can have on someone by showing them an outdoor space and how they use it in a, in a, in a positive way. And is it fair to say that work sprouted out of fun? Passion and work have sort of, they've just combined. I think I've always been, I've always been more motivated doing things that I felt passionate about. And as a result, I've always sort of focus professional career based around passion and like Will was saying being a surf instructor was the first proper job that I had and actually you know that was our first professional experience and it was sort of life and business has just sort of evolved from that so it was very much kind of passion first business second and I think just sort of through later life the two have just become more intertwined. That sounds almost a perfect situation. One of the reasons Blue Earth runs is, is because it's represented by a, a wide demographic of people who are passionate about what they do, whether it's life or business. So whose idea was it to set up business or did it just fall together? It was, we all came, came at it in different ways, but 
I think the motivation to start your own business is to do something you genuinely believe in. You know, for, for, for me, I'm going back 20 years before getting involved in business. And, and I think at the time when you talk about getting a job or doing something for yourself, the idea of getting a job and doing something for someone else or the idea of doing something that you genuinely have a passion for and genuinely believe in, you, you, can't, you can't escape that if you start your own business because no one's telling you what to do. You're actually doing it because you think it's the right thing to do. So it's that genuine feeling of belief. And when you think about getting another career or perhaps following that sort of that postgraduate path into the corporate world, you're thinking, you know, part for the course is you're going to be doing things you don't necessarily believe in. I think for me, if, if, if the question is what motivates you in business, I think it is to do things that you genuinely believe in. And, and I think that is the gift of your own business um, before you talk about all the, all the hurdles that come, <laughs> that come with it. So can you pinpoint a moment where you guys were sat down having a beer or whatever and you think, I want to do this. This is our, this is our chance to build something. It's got to be Harlem Bay. We, we talked about Harlem Bay already, and uh, it's definitely shaped shaped us there. But I think it would be sitting on top of a Land Rover, thinking we've got to get real jobs now, or actually maybe maybe we won't, and maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll teach surfing for the rest of our lives, and uh, seem to be uh, on that path twenty years later. <laughs> I think it's like yeah, you you two, Will and Ninley, have obviously come at this from going straight from being surf instructors to launching their own business. I've, I've gone slightly different route and my, my difference is the fact that I have been employed and I've been on the other side of doing stuff that I didn't necessarily want to do. And then while being very close to both Will and Lindley and watching what they're doing, being quite inspired by the benefits of running your own projects and, and following your passions. Um, so then the opportunity to then get involved and be part of that and then come together and um, be able to use what they started as a platform to go off and be creative, be innovative, be entrepreneurial was, was quite exciting. And I think it's quite hard to answer your question straight on at what point did we start which bit? Because there's lots of different bits and we've kind of got these three really clear parts of the business now that are media where we want to inspire people through content. We've got events where we want to inspire people through um, experience. And then there's a ventures part that not everyone knows about, but that's the, the side where we want to help fund high growth, high impact businesses. So I guess it, you could probably break it down in where, you know, at what point do we want to start up the Blue Earth Summit? There, there is, there's a few different points and a few different yeah. factors, but there, there's quite a clear sort of objective across everything that we're doing that's that inspire that outdoor, healthy, sustainability mindset that we want, want to create. And that was probably about two years ago that we all agreed that that was an objective that we wanted to follow and it gives us a little bit of glue to say there's lots of opportunities that fly at us yeah but what is it that we can really focus on to make sure that we've got a bit of blinkered direction because mm -hmm. otherwise you're just chasing your tail a little bit going back to the genesis moments will and lindley were you i mean business is by, by its very nature competitive are you two competitive with each other because i know Will and Guy, as brothers, you probably were anyway. No, not Is there a competitive <laughs> street between the best friends as well, or how did that dynamic work? Well, I think, yeah, I think Will and I are naturally quite competitive individuals, but in different ways. I don't, I don't think we strive for wins over each other, so I think that's quite important. Can be sort of competitive in life, but not competitive against each other. And I think 
that's what works quite well as a, in a business partnership to have a sort of chalk and cheese that actually you can approach things differently. So yeah, we both enjoy wins, but I don't think we relish any wins, any victories over each other. So we've always had that sort of collective mindset to it, which you know, which I think is important. No, I agree. I think I think I think you've always looked up to me, and, uh, and, uh, and I think that sort of killed killed the competitive spirit. But actually, I think to be serious about that, it's a uh, in a business partnership, you've got to have you've got to have different skills and you've got to have different approaches. And I think the way that as a three, um, as it is today, we all bring something different to the table. And um, and you've got to respect each other. If you if you don't respect the people you're working with, um, you don't tend to work with them for very long. It doesn't matter if you're talking about the business you run or the team you work within. I think a lot a lot of you know life lessons can be be applied to business. And I think I think really going back to it in terms of motivations in the business, I think what drives us as founders is is to do things better. How do we do something better or something that's already being done? How can it be done slightly better? And I think that's the glue. Yeah, mm. definitely. And actually, the hard thing when you're with that is you just got to enjoy it at the same time as well. So the first business, Ticket to Ride, 15 years old. Is that right? 16? I think so. The rest of it. 2005, it pops up on LinkedIn. Um, you know, well done. You've made it to year 18. And uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a travel business and it survived COVID, which is... Uh, well, that's, that's an amazing thing in itself. Yeah, I, I, personally, I know a number of travel entrepreneurs, if you like, who haven't survived lockdown. So hats off to that. Why Ticket to Ride? What? Why is it led on to Wavelength Magazine? Can you fill that blank for us? Well, I was going to join the dots between the Ticket to Ride movement into and the relevance of the Blue Earth Summit as well, if you like, because Ticket to Ride when and it was all COVID affected. So when COVID hit, Ticket Drive was a travel business. We had surf house in Sri Lanka, customers in South Africa, and we had five or six chalets in Maribel, 50 or 60 customers. Overnight, that stopped. Literally dried up on whatever date it was that we went into lockdown, sort of 5th of March. Which suddenly you're in a situation when the business you've been running for 14 years has just stopped. You don't know when your next customer comes in. The business only gets paid when customers come in. I was personally running that one myself in the meanwhile will and guy were focused on running wavelength which we had separately taken over um, in 2014 and sort of been running the two in side by side so it meant that i was able to step out of ticket to ride because i had to focus in wavelength which drove us into um, the event landscape we then set up a drive-in cinema um, in north cornwall in the summer of 2020 when COVID was happening. And it was a sort of upon reflection of that that we realized actually we, we did an event, we did it well, we had an engaged community and it was, um, you know, it worked and it was amazing to have a good positivity and sort of success story over that summer because it was a pretty dark time um, for, for everyone and especially for business owners. It was, you know, it was a really challenging period. So to actually come out of that with a nice, a nice sort of story was and a, and a success was great. Um, and it was at the, at the end of that that actually we were able to join the dots and think, well, what about an event that reaches wider than surf, focuses more on sustainability, incorporates investment? And that was where the idea for the Blue Earth Summit actually kind of came out from. So, you know, the, the two have been in unison and actually the Blue Earth Summit is a sort of 
formation of the success and the failures of, of both, I suppose. Let's move forward to having delivered Blue Earth. What was your immediate reaction upon having a successful inaugural event? Uh, relief. <laughs> we, we definitely went into that event. You know, we 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 went in pretty hard to say build it, and then it was a classic build it, and fingers crossed that they'll come because it was it was definitely a little bit of shooting from the hip, and that we we believed in this sort of ethos that if you can inspire people to get out outdoors, that's really really positive, and um, creates a healthy mindset. It makes people more. Uh, makes sustainability more more like second nature, and so that, and so we were big believers in that. We're also big believers that business can be a real force for good and and have that impact, and that's arguably going to provide the most amount of systemic change. So, as a group between us three and within the company, we all believe that, um, but we hadn't necessarily seen anyone else put those two things together of that outdoor community meets that good business community. And there were certainly moments leading up to it that we were like, what have we done here? We've gone quite big, but we haven't ne necessarily got enough proof of concept and we're pretty invested in this. So the reason why I started with relief is because yeah. we knew we had to deliver it as, uh, as high a quality as possible in order for it to get the recognition for us to have a foundation to grow from. So, and, that, and that was the reason for my question. You come out, we've all come out of lockdown and we've, decided to or you guys decide to, to to put an event on and that alone with lockdown right in the rear view mirror is quite a big risk mm. um so how i mean alongside the relief i mean how did you feel upon seeing that first speaker get up and do his thing was there a moment where you just thought yes well i think so it was literally welcoming everyone to the event <laughs> i think i, I would without doubt, had a little cry on the stage, which I don't think anyone turns up to a business event to see the, uh, the guy that started it in tears. So, um, you know, it was some long nights in the build-up to it. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, as Guy says, build it and they'll come, but they've got to eventually turn up on the day, which thankfully they did. But, yeah, the, you're having pride as well. You know, you, you, you've thought of something um, and you've put it together and that's when you feel like it's worth it. You know, I think people forget in, in business that it isn't, purely about the bottom line. It isn't just about the profit. You know, we we are founder-owned and founder-led. We don't have um, an, an army of shareholders. Um, and as a result, we're not constantly talking about the profit of the company. We're talking about the purpose of the company and we're making sure that the team buy into that. And I think, for me, watching this the event unfold, it was, this is genuinely good. This is, this is what we thought it would be. And people are getting value out of this event and they are doing what we hope they would do, which is connecting with each other, learning from pretty inspirational people and, um, and having a good time doing it. It didn't have that sense of a, a traditional business event or an outdoor beer festival in Munich, you know, also known as ISPO. <laughs> um, it, there, there were people that were genuinely inspired and feeling energised by what they were seeing. And that, and that, was, that was a pretty good feeling. I think there was a moment... For, for me, that, that moment of, wow, we, you know, this is something special was about halfway through day one, you sort of, you come out from the main stage, you've got someone like Bertram Picard up there talking, um, then you wander outside, it was thankfully sunny, but we, we, you know, it's October, we definitely didn't have that part of the plan. But you look around of just amazing people that we look up to, 
talking to lots of other good businesses and explorers and all that kind of stuff. They're all out there having an amazing lunch and talking and buzzing and, you you know, listening to some of the conversations and people were connecting and genuinely making stuff happen. And that, that was a massive, massive driver of why, why on earth put on another event is, you know, there's loads of events, but we felt that there was something to be done where actually you can put an event format together that we can look back on and see that it is delivering impact so yes we can get that healthy mindset into more and more people people's head but also how can we help facilitate relationships between good people doing good good things and watch the good stuff spin off of that and that 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 was that moment when I sort of walked past an amazing speaker inspiring a room outside to a load of people wanting to make stuff happen is kind of you, you there was that sense of pride like Will says of we've got something here <laughs> it was buzzing wasn't it there's lots going on in all like i say all different areas it wasn't quite often you go to an event and and that's all kicking off in the, the main stage room and as a result the outdoor area has gone a bit quiet or you know other areas are quiet you sort of leave one area that you felt was was buzzing and then you go outside and that was buzzing as well and then people came down from upstairs where they'd just been listening to a panel conversation and say oh you've just missed that talk it was the most amazing discussion and she realised there's three or four different zones, all of which were like kicking off in their own right, um, and that was quite a good feeling. I think also post like COVID and lockdown and all that, all the challenges that made the event quite a risk to put on, they also inspired a, a huge amount of like positive sentiment towards a live event. For a lot of people, it was their first live event experience probably for two years, and or a year and a half, or however long it had been, and that did mean that there was a good appetite. People were really up for, some people were nervous, and it probably meant stopped a lot of people coming, but it did also mean that for the ones that were there, there's huge desire to connect, to chat, and uh, yeah, it was definitely a good, good live feeling on the day. And Bristol felt like natural home. Do you feel, still feel that sentiment? Do you feel even more drawn to the place now? Yeah, I think Bristol's got lots that we love about it it's um it's got it, it's a reason reasonable sized city but it's got a community feel and i think there's a number of reasons why we we wanted to launch launch in bristol i think there's there's a community within within bristol that is naturally quite aligned to sustainability i think i did quite a lot of work back in 2015 i think it was when they were the european green capital um so we knew that there was that underlying sort of want for sustainable initiatives um, and I think we know, we all know a few people that live in Bristol and there is that kind of mindset of I still have ambitions to do well in my career, but I have got the countryside on my doorstep. I can get down to Cornwall quicker. I can go into Wales and go on an adventure. Um, so geographically, um, it, it's a great place to live. And then for that exact reason, geographically, it's quite easy for people to come up from the southwest in from London. So it's kind of accessible. So it definitely ticked, ticked a lot of boxes in that sense also quite helpful that there's um, a little old wave um, that was useful on day two. <laughs> yeah, we haven't talked about that actually. Obviously, day two was at the wave uh, and, you know, it's known as a premier inland surfing destination. Before we get to the wave, let's talk a little bit about surfing because surfing is clearly an endemic part of your lives and Blue Earth you know, naturally has a big part of it within the ocean and the ocean conservation world and that kind of thing. How how much has surfing driven you towards this point in life? 
I think I, I'll go with that. I think it's journalist the whole way, but certainly, certainly me. I think I grew up with surf magazines, um, blue tap to my ceiling, uh, whereas most people that I knew had pictures of Pamela Anderson blue tap to their ceiling. <laughs> um, whereas, um, you know, it's, it's definitely journalist the whole way. And I think in terms of as, as you grow as a person, surfing, you can grow with that as a, as a sport in terms of it's incredibly difficult. Most people these days have tried surfing at some stage in their life. Everyone finds it difficult. Um, and to do it well or to enjoy it, you have to switch off. You have to be present within that moment doing something that has got a huge amount of moving parts, none of which are that connected to land, where most of our lives are, unless you live at, live at the sea. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's an incredibly positive force for in so many ways and i think we've we, we've touched upon various areas where surfing surfing can fit and um and actually in the business world we, we've found another way of which to connect with people that where we're surfing on day two at the blue earth summit was a was a big part of, of last year's event yeah i think there's and you could, we, we could do a whole whole hour on 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 positive impacts of surfing but you know like like will says it's that when you're in the water, you are completely tuned into surfing, either surfing on your own or most of the time surfing with friends. So it's got that sort of community aspect to it. But it also, it just, you know, it's enabled us. I don't think any of us, it's pretty rare that you'll find any of us going on a holiday without a human-sized board bag um, dragging that around. Um, but it does take you to, it's, it's allowed us to travel the world and see amazing cultures and go off the beaten track quite a lot. I think that's what certainly friends of mine who don't surf are envious of is that whenever we choose to go traveling, we've got a bit of a purpose. <laughs> um, so you're able to go and travel the world in search of something. You're not just in search of your next lunch and your next beer. Um, and as a result, you, you meet amazing people along, along the way. So I think that physical benefits, you can't, you know, you can go on and on about that. The mental benefits are definitely there. And then obviously, the, the community aspect is is a big part of it, and I think that's the bit that kind of inspired that day two side of of the Blue Earth. Is that we have all met brilliant people surfing in business or just in life, um, and you build a pretty special relationship when you've had positive experiences with, with someone. So that's where we were kind of saying, can we bring that positive experience that we've all experienced? Throughout, throughout our life of meeting good people and genuinely building relationship, can we bring that element into an event? And, and, it, and it's got that juxtaposition surfing as well. We're, we're running an event that inspires people to get outdoors, whether it's surfing, cycling, running. But you know, in our case, it would often be surfing, be healthy. Well, there's no doubt that surf, surfing, you need to stay healthy to be able to enjoy surfing. Um, and then live more sustainably. And you, It's very tempting, especially on a February day here in Cornwall, to go... I'd love to be in Sri Lanka right now, and then you've got to get on the plane. You've got to you've got to do all these things that are sort of opposed to living more sustainably. And I think that that conundrum that we all face in our daily lives is the conundrum that the Blue Earth Summit is looking to tackle. To say you can't live with zero impact on the planet. People try, and, and some people get quite far down that way. But mainstream living, you, it's very hard to do. But how can you still do what you love doing? and use what you love doing to have a conscious or natural decision to make another sustainable choice to sort of live your life in a bit more of equilibrium. Um, and I think that that's a lot of surfers, you know, that 
the, the new editor of Wavelength is currently saying, oh, I'm not going to travel for surfing anymore. Um, and as a, as a you know, 20 year established professional surfer, that's a, that's a statement that's going to be quite hard to live by. And I think that what's so interesting about the Blue Earth Summit is it tackles those sort of those debates that people are having in their mind, but brings it to a, um, a central place and, and, and people can sort of share their ideas with that sort of thing, which is... Tries to keep it positive. I think that that's, you know, exactly that is, you, we can all talk about what we shouldn't be doing. Um, but the benefit and one of the biggest things I like about the Blue Earth Summit is that positive piece that we've really run, run through the middle of it in the sense that it's a much nicer message and actually I think it will it, it drives a better reaction to just have a clear get outdoors more you know that that's a much nicer message and from that message that we believe the good stuff will follow with that healthy mindset you probably will make that more sustainable choice not to go for a single use plastic bottle and bring bring your flask with you um, or you might decide that you're going to try to be a little bit more towards a vegetarian and have meat as a treat but what we're definitely not saying is don't use single-use plastic, don't eat meat, don't drive a diesel car because you know that it, it's, it's going to take a little bit of time for the world and everyone to catch up with that. But if, you, if your heart's in the right place, and we think that getting the heart in the right place starts with being outdoors, then that, that has a much better longer-term impact than trying to ram messages down people's throats. Um, which is which is quite a cool thing to, to be pushing. So it keeps everything very positive. <laughs> mm -hmm. And also, we're obviously talking about surfing, but um, it's a, it's an event for people who love the outdoors. And so we're also talking about trail runners, climbers, cyclists, um, you know, walkers. I mean, you name it. People who basically spend their time and love the outdoors and want to protect it. Um, and one of the interesting things for me for Blue Earth from a broader industry perspective of how quickly it's become a, a kind of a linchpin for the outdoor industry for the UK, but not, not just the UK, but I, I sense it from other countries and people who I know in other countries that this is an event which has put a flag in the sand, essentially for the outdoor industry, which is, which is a great thing. So... You should be proud of that. It's a byproduct of what Blue Earth has become. Did you get a sense that of that at, at Blue Earth or in the aftermath? Did you get a sense that the outdoor industry had kind of nodded, nodded towards you in some respect? Definitely. You know, I spent my entire career working in the outdoor industry. And as a result of that, you end up at all the outdoor events. And for a bunch of people it's a difficult industry to to make a living out of it's it's you're going after you're not going after stuff that people need you're going after things that people want and so it's a um, people within the outdoor industry are always having to be that much more marketing minded and that much more sort of on it in terms of how to attract an audience to it and so many of these events you almost get the sense of it's just relief that we're all together let's all drink as much as we can and and then and then see what we can remember in the morning whereas the blue earth summit was let's do the things that we love doing together let's share that experience and the business will naturally follow and that that is something that i've never been to an event like that because you normally walk into a room the beer's free and you drink alongside whoever you happen to be drinking with and you hope something good comes out of it and i just 
found that a lot of people were wasting quite a lot of time and walking away with a hangover. Whereas what the Blue Earth is doing is saying, do what you love doing with the people, with your, with your, like, your career-long friends, and, and then the business will flow. And you're not dealing on a hangover, you're dealing, on, you're dealing in something that's massively positive. And you could just see that the conversations that were happening that were engaging. There weren't people getting talked at or reminded or I'm feeling groggy or, you know, it's actually like I'm doing what I love doing and I'm, and I'm talking to you and we're doing, and we're working together. And that's, that's a pretty refreshing change to the way businesses network. It's quite cool. Uh, you know, we've obviously spoken to lots of people and uh, anyone that went to the event, you try and talk to them about who did you meet? How did you meet them? Um, and hearing stories of, breweries making meeting packaging companies on a run and actually deciding that, that they you know that's flexi hex and days coming together um and saying while running well we should work together um and have building relationships sitting down for a coffee after a good run and then and making stuff happen is is pretty cool i think that's a pretty unique way of of doing business but well maybe it's maybe it's not because a lot of people play golf so maybe this is our version of golf <laughs> yeah so year one was a two-day event. Year three for the listeners is going to be a three-day event with two days at Motion Nightclub and one day at the Wave for the final day. Um, and we were talking about people drinking booze <laughs> at industry events. And we had this conversation earlier with someone at Finisterre. How are you going to um deal with people on day two after having done day one and probably gone out on day one night well, do you happen. think we're going to be able to avoid that well it's going to happen people are going to go out and it's actually it's part of it you do get value out of those evening that evening entertainment so i think one of the so yeah it's going to be a three-day event two days hosted at the um in the center of bristol um with the third day being the activity day again out at the wave and there will be more evening activities and involve more evening entertainment and that's I see as a huge positive to the event it gets people within Bristol gets people socializing in a, in a in a positive relaxed environment and as far as keeping the energy up in the event goes there's going to be a few things that we're doing that are different between day one and two so it's not just a case of you go to day two like a big industry or a big trade show quite often day two is the same layout as day one it's just that you've got to sort of hit the bits that you didn't hit in day one. Whereas for the Blue Earth Summit, day two, we're going to be turning over some areas so they're going to be completely fresh. Plus, we're going to have different content themes leading up throughout the day. So actually, there's going to be a completely fresh wave of content, speakers, discussions, workshops, areas and topics. So, you know, you just got to make, keep the energy high. Um, and we're also going to be putting a lot more into the actual the content and the production of the activity day as well. Um, last year was it was a sort of day at the wave on speed on speed. Everyone went, went <laughs> surfing and there was running happening, there was cycling happening, and we had a great talk from Andrew Cotton, great talk from Nick Hansfield. This year we're going to be elevating that. It's going to be more um, product showcase, more exhibition. We're going to sit with the surf demos. We're going to have a lot more talks happening, a lot more interactive workshops there. So. Really? A lot, a lot of those changes are coming from. I think we had pretty unanimously very positive feedback from year one. But then, as a team, you know, especially Lindley being very close to the production side of things, we we all agreed that there was loads of room for improvement. So yes, you can take really really positive feedback all the time, but it's pretty exciting when you're saying everyone loves it, but we still think we can make this loads better. 
Um, and so that extending the format and picking off the bits that we saw work really well and making them better um, is making our job. If you come back to our career, what gets us excited is that's a pretty exciting place to be is you've got something that people like and we're now growing it knowing we can make it better. So that's made, made a pretty exciting 22 for us. Yeah, so we're all aware that we're not going to lack for content. No, no, we've, we've already, Christine, who does a lot of work um, on the speaker liaison and sort of producing the event, um, actually said to me earlier today that I think we've probably got enough speakers if we want them, um, <laughs> but we, we definitely, we've definitely got lots more coming up. So, um, yeah, we're in, we're in a good place with some, some really, really special speakers, some that couldn't make it last year uh, that are definitely available this year. Now we've got a bit more time to book some high profile speakers in because their schedules get quite busy. Um, but yeah, we're on, on for another, another busy year of content. Um, and what are some of the challenges that have come out of that? What are the things that we could do a lot better? So we are aware actually that we're lucky enough to be able to be inspired by the outdoors. Um, and one of the big, big topics is to, is to bring in accessibility and look at diversity as much as possible because it's a big old world out there. And yes, we're lucky that we were able to be brought up on nice holidays going to Cornwall and surfing. And um, there's a lot of people out there that don't even have the chance to get anywhere near the ocean, let alone in it. Um, so we want to just bring shine, shine a light on this can't just be a middle class white problem. Um, it's actually got to be opened up a little bit further to say that, and that's on getting people outdoors, that's on sustainability, that we can't just come up with solutions and ideas that suit us that are already there in the room. We've actually got to look at how, how can we make all of these inspirations that we're all living, living by and enjoying, how can we make that fit all? And that, that's probably one of the, the biggest challenges and actually the one that we all need to look in the mirror the hardest on um, to make sure that we're not just looking after ourselves and we're looking after a global population. Well said. I joined the Blue Earth mission and at the same time you guys were running the drive-in on Watergate Bay. And for me as coming into that situation, I was hugely impressed by how the whole team delivered what was a very successful drive-in instantly within a day, switching to producing and, and trying to sell tickets and bringing everything that we needed to do in order to produce Blue Earth. Um, so from the outside looking in, for me, it was impressive. How did that feel for you guys personally? There was a conversation that <laughs> rung quite true in my head quite a lot when we came out. It was, so we're, what were we? Second week of September, Blue Earth Summit's on in the, of the 12th of October. And I vividly remember the conversation I had with Lindley, and I think Will was party to it as well, where we were saying, we definitely don't want to run it in November. It will feel like winter. It's got to be October. And I think we both hit, uh, hit that second week of September thinking that, that, that extra month would have been quite nice. But it was, we, 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 we spun around out of the, the drive-in straight into the Blue Earth, like you said, and realised that there was a monumental task, a big old task in every way that you look at it. Will said a few times during that period, this is the worst time of my life. Is that, is that still fair to say? Well, I, th I think we, we, we you know, wave, Wavelength Media is, hangs its hat on a 40-year-old publishing magazine and we'd spent the last eight years shaping that 
creating a future for that, making sure that it was a, a not just about sustainability and planet sustainability, but a sustainable business. And then you end up doing events and all that kind of stuff. And then suddenly we end up with a Blue Earth Summit event that immediately you switch into how is this entertaining for a consumer audience? And I think when we, it quickly became apparent that we'd invented something for a business audience, that this is, um, you know, business people don't only want to talk about business. In fact, the best way to connect with someone in business is to talk about their hobbies and their passions and what they want to do there. But it was a sudden, the worst part of my life was that sudden realization that we've got to make sure that the messaging targets the audience that we uh, have set this up for. So suddenly we're not saying this is going to be great fun, like a drive-in cinema. We're saying this is highly valuable, highly important. You're going to learn a lot from it. You're going to reshape your opinions. You're going to find a positive way to move forward was the essentially the message for um, Blue Earth Summit for people who were in business, essentially. And there was that horrible moment where like, we, we, we've got to We've got, to, we've got to rethink, we've got to start it, we've got six weeks and we've got to reshape the messaging to, the, to make sure that the right audience come to it. And I think that's what you're referring to in the worst, <laughs> worst week of my life is suddenly, right, we, we're, we're, we're talking a different language now. And, um, but we got there, that's the main, I think the main we, thing. We grappled with that quite a lot because we were just saying, as a consumer, as a business, um, because we kind of look at ourselves a lot as, you know, quite often design events that we're inspired by. And actually there's half of us that is that outdoor enthusiast that wants to go on an adventure. So a little bit more consumer mindset, but Monday to Friday, nine to five, we're also in work. Um, and so we were trying to, we're trying to make it too much. So when we sort of got comfortable with the fact that it is a business event, then, but we were using our, passions to be inspired by which then that has a positive impact on what you're doing at business once that became clear it made i don't know if, you're, if the right way to say if it made life easier or harder but it made it clearer <laughs> so not happy with having delivered a big ish business event uh and delivered it well you have looking forward decided to produce a music festival <laughs> which you know is really impressive Tell us a little, about, a little bit about Spring Classic. That's going back to our, our media roots, really, entertain, entertaining people. And, and you know, the, the, the phrase of the Spring Classic is let the good times roll. And it's an event that everyone knows, especially even, you know, the audience that probably listening to this, is that spring is a pretty exciting time. It's when the winter's over and that the summer's ahead of you. And we wanted to do a festival that celebrated the coming of spring. But... Um, to celebrate the sort of heritage of Wavelength as a 40-year-old title. It's a, it's a cla spring classic is there for surfing, music, food, families, skateboarding kids with motorbike dads and all kinds of different, different walks of life are going to be turning up in North Devon. And I shouldn't say um, motorbiking dads, should I? I should say motorbiking people. Um, <laughs> But in terms of uh, you know that all walks of life, ride culture is what we're what we're celebrating, and um, and it's just back to our roots to, to give you the short answer, because um, you know wavelength is is a is a brand essentially that people have grown up with. I think uh, I was going to say the plans actually happened for this before the Blue Earth Summit was sort of was conceived and conceptualised. It just so happens that it's just taken a while in planning. So. Um, We've got an amazing location on the north coast of Devon, um, Willowcombe Down, 270 degrees, sea panoramic views. So yeah, we we did we you know we did question it, but then 
because the Blue Earth Summit was, you know, we, we can see that there's a lot of potential there, but we've got a, a team that is focused on specifically on the Blue Earth Summit, focused specifically on the Spring Classic. We think there's, there's room for both. <laughs> and it's clear there's lots to talk about because we haven't really talked about Wavelength Magazine and the publishing game, which I'm sure a lot of people want to hear about, but we don't really have the time. But Wavelength Magazine has, has kind of driven quite a lot of what we've talked about today. Um, are you able to talk about the future for Wavelength Magazine yeah. at this moment in time? I think, I think it, the magazine is, is what has the same mission as all the things that we've talked about. And it's, it's about staying relevant, relevant to your audience, understanding that there is an audience that have an, a need or a, a want to learn or do or be entertained. And if you understand that audience, you can, as business people, um, create something that applies, is relevant to them. And I think Wavelength has a surf audience and has done for longer than any other magazine in, in Europe. And what we've had to do with Wavelength is adapt to the times and um, um, its future is straddled between good content, good event, and, um, and, and I think those, uh, there's plenty of examples of media companies running events and I feel that, that those two sit very well together. We it's have a, a new editor? We have, we've got yeah, a very exciting new editor. We've had, um, we've had real consistency in Wavelength over, over the years and I think that's also important that people know what they're, they're getting. But we, we have, a, have a chat with Mike Lay who's joining, joining the editorial team and um, he's going to bring that longboardy free surfing element that actually Wavelength has really established a name and a, and a, and a, a strong reputation for. And um, no, future, future in uh, specialist media is, is, a, is a bright one. So we've got a big year ahead. What does this have an impact on things like your families? What's, how do they see all this? Is there much going on at home which says, guys, come on, <laughs> stop? <laughs> well, it's certainly busy in, in both for me. I'm personally, I'm, I'm at home actually a lot more because I used to run a travel company, so I used to have to, you know, go overseas a lot. I used to have to go to the mountains, trip, go on surf travel, which all sounds on the surface great, but actually it was a bit, you know, it was more of a challenge being away from home. So for this, yeah, the, the work levels are, are high, um, but it means that we personally am more quite involved in the family, you know, serve kids breakfast every morning out the door, that's tuck them into bed at night, you know, it's, it's sort of, that's quite simple. Yeah, I think I get in a little bit of trouble saying, uh, once this event's finished, it will be pretty chilled. <laughs> <laughs> but we're pretty good at finding the next thing to get excited about and throw a lot at. And I think, you know, that's our, us right our own path, really, is that we often come out of one thing and say, you know what's next and we, we as a three and as a team generally we're quite ambitious you know we definitely enjoy putting on these events we enjoy doing the entertainment thing so it's only natural that you kind of push yourself <laughs> so final question blue earth five years time can you see it what can you see for it where do you think it's going how do you think the world's going to change big question huge um well, I think it's got a pretty important future, actually. I think is the is the is the headline of that. I think I think we've hit upon something that is relevant and and, and actually much needed. I think never more so than ever. 
have we worked out that being outdoors has huge benefits to the way the way that you your well-being um, your, your health and in terms of um, sustainability you know that 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 topic isn't just a, isn't just a topic it's a, it's a very real reality and I think businesses can go where politics can't and in that respect I think business has a responsibility to go after the wants and needs of their audiences and their futures will be better if the planet's future is better and I think the Blue Earth Summit really defines that and helps people understand how they can operate in an ever-changing world and to be involved in something like that over the next five years is, um, you know, I feel pretty proud of that and um, I'm pretty excited by it, pretty motivated. So, um, yeah, the next five years, huge, I think, and exciting. I think it's, you know, we, we want to be able to look back at what we've done and what these events have delivered year on year and look at the impact that it that it's having and that's going to come in all sorts of different shapes and sizes of mindsets and, and so on. But from, from my perspective, leading on the funding side, there's a... There, certainly a huge opportunity to continue to find and fund businesses that are doing good growing fast having impact and then to have a portfolio of these businesses that we are and we've already got that with wavelength ventures to look back at what they're all achieving and to have played our tiny little part um does does mean that over the next few years that we can we can actually track and measure the the impact that we're having while also following our sort of passion <laughs> Lindley, any final thoughts on Blue Earth future? Well, I've got, yeah, well, I think one of the things that could be is um, have events in different continents. I see that, you know, in that five to ten year area, it's hugely relevant to take it um, to America. There's massive movement in, you know, in California, one in Africa, one in Asia, you know, to think really big, really big. Um, I'd like to see those happen over a longer period of time. So you're traveling again. I'm traveling again, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, well, thanks, gentlemen. I've I've heard quite a bit of this, and it's, it's truly inspiring to, to work with you three and deliver this kind of stuff. Um, but I think it's great for people to hear the background. Um, I think they'll find it hugely inspiring. So thank you. Well, thanks, Steph. Well, thank yeah. you. And thank you for being involved as well. Earth Summit is happening from the 11th to the 13th of October 2022 in the great city of Bristol. We believe in the power of the outdoors to improve our health and further establish purpose-led business. Register your interest at blueearthsummit.com.